0: Have the New York Giants built up enough of a core to close the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles? That, plus whose stock is rising and whose is falling after a week of training camp on today's Locked On Giants podcast coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello New York Giant fans and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown podcast family. Your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. Happy uh, to have you on this day off edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. I had to pause there for a second because day off days off just seems so so few and far between and even when it's a day off and the Giants aren't practicing it's never a day off for me and that's okay because I love what I do. I love bringing you these videos and giving you, you know, some insight and sharing what I can with you. So I want to thank y'all for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast, making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And you of course can find me at Patricia underscore trainer on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Patty Trina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. That's where I'm posting videos, audio clips, all kinds of cool things. I'm trying to really step up my game. So, trying to bring you the best possible New York Giants coverage I can. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, you know, I saw something yesterday or I heard something in Leonard Williams's presser and it got me thinking about have the Giants closed the gap with the Eagles? And I'm going to give you probably a surprising opinion about that. So we're going to talk about that to open the show up. And then we're going to flip over to camp risers and fallers after one week because believe it or not the giants have now been at it for one week with practices i know it's still kind of early there's only been one padded practice but we do have some risers and fallers that we want to talk about so that is today's agenda for the locked on giants podcast again thank you for tuning in let's get into it all right the question the big question how much if any did the new york giants close the gap between themselves and the eagles The Eagles being the cream of the crop in the division and and possibly one of the two top teams in the NFC conference. And we go back to the end of last year and we know that Joe Shane, that was one of the objectives that they wanted to do. But here's the thing, to expect Joe Shane to close the gap in one offseason or technically his second offseason, but. I consider it one off season because he had better resources. He had a better salary cap situation to deal with to expect him to do it in one off season was kind of a stretch. So I said, I got to thinking, you know, re- these last couple of days. And I said, you know, I don't know if the giants necessarily closed the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles, but, but I mean, and I'm talking from, from a roster perspective, I don't think you can say, if you go down the roster, that the Giants have closed the gap at every spot with the Eagles. But I think what Joe Shane has done, and I want to talk about that um, in this segment, is he has closed the gap in some of the most glaring uh, areas. And if you think back to the last three games, all sweeps by the Eagles, by the way, including a couple of blowouts. blowouts, um, where were the Giants most overmatched, right? In the pit. Can we all agree that in the pit is where they were most overmatched? The run defense could not keep up with the Eagles. You know, the pass rush just couldn't keep up with it. So now you go back and you look at what Joe Shane did in the offseason with beefing up the run defense. You know, adding Bobby or Kim Nunes-Roches, um, you know, having Dexter Lawrence sign for the long-term, Leonard Williams is back. Uh, the Giants have started to close the gap there with the Eagles. Now, a question came up to Leonard Williams, and I thought his answer, you know, didn't really say much, but I thought the question was a valid one. And that is, you know, the Giants now have Dexter Lawrence under contract for the long-term. T- Leo We'll see if he's going to be back next year, but he's definitely here for this year. Aziz Ojalari is, is a young core piece. Kayvon Thibodeau is a young core piece. Bobby Okereke is so kind of young. So you look at the front seven of the New York Giants, and can we all agree that it's a lot better than what it was last year? I think we can. I mean, I know I can. I think it was a lot better. And what the Giants are trying to do, I think, is put a core in place, not just on the defensive side. I'll talk about the offense in a a little bit, but particularly on the defensive side. So if they're able to keep a healthy Dexter Lawrence, if Leonard Williams, who's only 29 years old, which is not old in real life, but it's kind of ancient when you talk about a football player, if they can keep him healthy, if they can keep Aziz Ojuleri healthy, and so far, knock on wood, he's uh, he's made it through practices. Um, if they can keep Kayvon Thibodeau healthy, if they can keep Xavier McKinney healthy, that's a pretty good solid core on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, we're still waiting to see what happens at the cornerback position. You know, Deontay Banks is still kind of getting his feet wet and getting, you know, the old baptism by fire. Adoree Jackson, you know, he's going to be back, but he's got to stay healthy. But I think when you look at the Giants on the defensive side of the ball, what Joe Shane has done to kind of close the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles is he's laid down a fresh core of players, some of whom he inherited, but some of whom he's added. And, you know, obviously we've got to get to the games and see for, for ourselves. But um, I think they they have pretty much laid down a pretty decent core on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see if they better hold up when they face the Eagles, because right now the Eagles, and you can make a case also for the 49ers being the litmus tests on the Giants schedule. And certainly, you know, I I talk about how the Giants, if they're going to make any waves, they've got to do so um, in the division. They've got to start winning the divisions and the Eagles are really the true litmus test. Not so much Dallas, but Philadelphia, now, I do want to mention the offensive side of the ball because that's also important when you're talking about closing the entire gap. On the offensive side of the ball, again, sticking with the pit, you've got Andrew Thomas, who is now locked up for the next, you know, several years, seven years, whatever it is. Evan Neal, who, despite his struggles, they're counting on him becoming a, a solid piece. John Michael Schmitz, a rookie, but a lot of promise there. So they've got three guys on that offensive line, that should be solid, consistent guys for them if they stay healthy for years to come. Now, at the guards, a little less certainty there. You know, we still don't know who the left guard's going to be. You know, the, I think they want it to be Joshua Zudu, But right now, the fact that they keep rotating guys in and out at that spot tells me that they just don't know yet. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, I don't think is long-term but maybe down the line they they get another young guard or maybe they have somebody on the roster that, you know, they like that will ultimately take over that spot. But three-fifths of that offensive line, if it's healthy, it's not a bad line. And, you know, that's what you really want. You want to start building in the trenches, and that's where the Giants all too often last year got beat, not just by Philadelphia, but by other opponents as well. So just, again, to summarize, Joe Shane, You know, you're not going to rebuild an entire roster into a powerhouse in one offseason. You're probably not going to do it in two offseasons, especially when your first offseason was just marred by um, a terrible cap situation. But Shane systematically is building up this team. You know, he picked out which players he inherited are core players that he wanted moving forward. And he's been adding to that group. And, you know, when I think of reasons to be optimistic for 2023 and beyond, I look at that because Shane, you know, he didn't come in here with a big old broom and say, okay, I'm going to sweep everybody out. I don't care who they are. Anybody associated with the previous regimes, they're out of here. I'm going to replace them with my my guys. And that's something I think some g- general managers and head coaches for that matter make that mistake. And how good is it? To have a GM and a head coach who put their egos aside and said, okay, we're going to be open-minded about these guys and who we want as the core players of our franchise. I think it's just absolutely refreshing. And it's the right way to build the franchise, by the way. So, you know, the Eagles and the Giants, you know, there's still a gap. Because remember, Howie Roseman had a, had a head start on Joe Shane in building that roster up. But it won't be too long, I don't think, before Joe Shane gets that roster to where it needs to be. So lots to be encouraged about. But again, it all boils down to are they going to stay healthy? That's the key. And if they don't stay healthy, do they have the depth behind them to fill in? So that's what we're going to find out in the coming weeks and months. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at risers and fallers. In training camp after one week, do not go anywhere. All right, New York Giant fans, we've got plenty more coming up on the Locked On Giants podcast. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wagers for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So that's why you have got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I myself have used LinkedIn Jobs to find aspiring writers and editors for Giants Country, the site I run over on SI's Fan Nation, and the process is not only super easy, but it's a big time saver. All you have to do is add your job in the personal purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you like to interview and hire. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn jobs to work for you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash nfl. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Tranan And the Giants didn't have a practice today. Uh, today, of course, being Wednesday. Yeah, I got that right. It, right? It's Wednesday. <laughs> you kind of lose track of the days when you're in training camp. At least I know I do. Uh, but no practice for the Giants on Wednesday. They're back on Thursday. It'll be a morning practice, a morning practice on Friday, and then a Saturday night practice Uh, before a day off Sunday and then the following week the Giants going to Detroit so that's the schedule and as long as there's a practice I will bring you a podcast and even though there's no uh, practice today I'm still bringing you a podcast because a lot of you have been just you know uh, writing in and and saying how much you've been enjoying the show and as long as you want the show I'm here for you folks with different perspectives and whatnot and uh, on this segment I'm going to start talking about some camp risers and fallers. And uh, basically, it's been one week since the Giants have opened training camp or started their practices. But we're already getting some clues, I think, as to who's on the rise and who's kind of, you know, fallen into the bubble area. So we'll talk a little bit about that um, uh, in this segment. we'll start off with um, a riser. Cordell Flott, cornerback. Now, last year, Cordell Flott, everybody knows, was a rookie, had some injury issues, didn't really look, you know, consistent or steady, whatever you want to call it. There was concern that, you know, would he be able to hold up? Because he, I think he weighed in at like 175. Cordell Flott went to work this past offseason, put on some muscle. Now, over on my Instagram account, which I think, again, it's uh, at Patty or A I N A, I posted a picture of Cordell Flott. And you can kind of see he's bulked up a little bit in the upper body. The Cordell Flott, who played s- the slot cornerback spot at LSU, has been competing for that spot with the Giants. And you know what, folks? He's looked pretty good at it. So... You know, I know there was some question by some people who said, well, is he really a slot cornerback in the NFL? My feeling is, is if they've been a slot cornerback in college, really, why wouldn't they be able to translate into the NFL at that spot? So Cordell Flott has looked good um, and he's really making a push for that. You know, and with Aaron Robinson, who also played slot cornerback in college, uh, Aaron Robinson, of course, on the pup list. His star, you know, he's got to get on the field. And the longer those guys on the pup list sit on the pup list, the less likely they're going to make any kind of contribution. So Cordell Flott taking advantage of the opportunities. Now, Cordell Flott has not been exclusively the slot quarterback. You've seen a Dory Jackson in there. Sometimes you've seen Xavier McKinney in there. But it does look like Cordell Flott is the front runner for that position. So in terms of a faller, what does that mean? It means Darnay Holmes is starting to fall. And I've mentioned before with Darnay Holmes, he's got a 2.7 million cap hit. Um, he hasn't been horrible, but he's been inconsistent. And I really believe, you know, with the Giants needing cap money with, um, you know, the other options now that they have, they can better match guys up, you know, play better matchup football, which I've been talking about, like on this show for well over several weeks now. Uh, I think Darnay Holmes His uh, stock, if you will, is starting to to slip. And I could see him potentially not making the 53-man roster. So, I mean, look, I feel bad saying that about the kid because he plays hard. He tries. He he puts in the the time and the effort. But it is what it is. And that seems to be how things are trending at the slot cornerback position. Stock up or risers. I'll give you two at the same position. Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden, at inside linebacker. Now, the, obviously the question was, who is going to be the second guy next to Bobby Okereke? And I don't know necessarily that after a week we can say that one of Beavers or McFadden is going to be the guy. I think it's kind of still even, but I think maybe Beavers has a slight advantage, but uh, certainly McFadden has been a nice surprise. He's, he's worked with the ones at inside linebacker, looked good. Beavers has looked really good. You know, he's more of a downhill thumper type. McFadden, I think, has a little bit more, you know, agility to him to where he can maybe do a little bit of coverage stuff. Not that you want him to do coverage. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think McFadden, you know, I, I go back to last year when he was a rookie and how he was thrown in head first and he kind of struggled a little bit. So I think he's taking advantage of the fact that Gerard Davis, who I think would have been the favorite to be the, the guy next to, to O'Karake, Gerard Davis on IR. So uh, good for McFadden for stepping up and good for Beavers for putting a, behind him that knee injury that just, you know, brought his world to a screeching halt last summer. All right. So on the downside then at inside linebacker, Carter Coughlin. I really don't know what his future is going to be with this team. My guess is obviously it's going to come down to special teams. Now, I believe Carter Coughlin had more tackles. He might have been the team leader last year in special teams tackles. That being said, watching the gunner drills, I don't recall seeing him too often with the the, the uh, gunner drills. Cam Brown has been more of a, you know, in that role. Cam Brown's got the length, the size, the speed, the physicality. So I don't see the Giants keeping both Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin. I, I I just would be surprised. I mean, it would have to take an injury for them to keep both of those guys. So I've got to put Carter Coughlin in, in the, the faller category. Again, he's come in, he's worked hard, but, you know, Beavers and McFadden, Just, I think they're going to be linebackers two and three, you know, O'Karake, obviously linebacker number one. Um, So that's, that's how I, you know, how I see that playing out at inside linebacker. All right, let's flip over to running back. Now, obviously at the start of training camp, we all thought Saquon Barkley was going to be a holdout and we figured, Oh, it'd be a great opportunity for, you know, the rest of the guys on the depth chart. Um, Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, Joshon Corbin, Matt Breida, and of course, lo and behold, Saquon signed. And in the meantime, they had uh, the Giants had signed um, James Robinson to add to that mix. So now, what are we looking at here? I think risers, Eric Gray, and Gary Brightwell. I've seen Gary Brightwell get a lot of reps, um, and it hasn't looked too bad with it. And Gary Brightwell can also give them snaps on special teams. Eric Gray hasn't really jumped out at me yet, but I don't see them, you know, parting with him just yet. Um, I'm going to be looking for him in the, in the preseason games, James Robinson. I don't know that he's going to survive the, the roster cut. I mean, if I had to give him uh, a status, I would say he's probably a faller and just Sean Corbin. I'd probably give him as a faller as well. I mean, just, Saquon showing up kind of mixed up the uh or, or, or tip top tip uh toppled excuse me toppled the uh the the rep I think the reps that the guys were going to get so Corbin you know could he land on the practice squad I mean if, if they can sneak him through there absolutely I don't think he's going to have a chance though for the 53 man roster and Robinson I I just don't you know after one week He hasn't really done anything that made me say, wow, i got to pay closer attention to him. But again, we'll see what happens with the games because that's going to tell us a lot more. Um, Let's go over to outside linebacker. The Giants, as we know, at the start of training camp, they finally parted with Ellerson Smith, who just could not stay on the field. And they brought in this guy, uh, Tashawn Bauer. And you know what? I've written his number down a few times in my notes. This guy has made a few plays and looked active. And you know, I don't know how that's going to shape out. I think, you know, you've got your first three outside linebackers are going to be Thibodeau, Ojulari, and Jihad Ward. Your fourth guy potentially could be Bauer. Um, and then is it going to come down to uh, Tamon Fox, O'Shane Ziminez? Um, You know, I think Bauer, just early on, it's early again, and the patch just went on for the first time yesterday, but I like what I've seen from Bauer. Zimenez, I haven't really seen you know as much. I mean, he's got a quick first step, but I want to see how he does against the run because that's been his uh, Achilles, if you will, in his NFL career. And I'm wondering if maybe Taman Fox, even though he showed some promise last year, is he in danger of sliding off the roster? I could see that being the case. So, you know, outside linebacker, is just interesting. They really, other than Bauer, because, you know, of the, the injury to um, Ellison Smith, they really didn't bring in anybody new. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Also with stock report, I'll give you one more. Jason Pinnock at safety. Now, remember, uh, folks, I know I've said this before. I know I've written this over on Giants Country. Jason Pinnock, uh, at the end of last year, was starting to come on. And, you know, he had an injury that he was rehabbing from in the springtime. I think he had a shoulder issue. And he wasn't able to to take part in the OTAs and whatnot. But he's healthy now. And he is really starting to grab onto that that a uh, safety role next to Xavier McKinney. Now, what has that meant for some of the other guys who are now you could put in the faller category, Dane Belton. Haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. Bobby McCain. I mean, I've seen them move Bobby McCain to, to cornerback, which, you know, tells me that, okay, if he was, if he came in here primarily as a safety and now they're moving him around, you know, maybe they're just trying to find a fit for him. So, that would be a concern. And we we know that, you know, they cut uh, Trenton Thompson, um, you know, before the start of camp. So you kind of get the impression, at least I do, that Pinnock, that that other safety job is Pinnock's to lose. And Belton and McCain, you know, I'm not saying that Belton won't make the roster. I think he will maybe as the third safety. But. McCain, I'm starting to wonder if maybe there's going to be a spot for him on the roster. Of course, it's going to depend on, you know, how they, you know, what they do there. And don't forget, Nick McLeod has also been cross-training to play safety. So McLeod can play cornerback and safety. I don't think the Giants keep both McCain and McLeod. I think right now, if I had to take a guess, McLeod may have the competitive edge there when you're talking, you know, at that position. So those are a few um, of the stock risers, the stock report, the ups and the downs, the risers, the fallers, whatever you want to call it. Coming up next, we'll talk a little bit about some other observations and thoughts from training camps. So please don't go anywhere. All right, Giant fans, we've got more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, the month of August is here. And you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for you every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCK ON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog Fantasy promo code LOCK ON. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, and we're just continuing right along with our summer training camp coverage. How cool is it to have football to talk about again? <laughs> I mean, it was those six weeks that we had off, um, they went quickly. And I'm kind of glad they went quickly. You know, we we kept up with the shows. Those of you who are just now coming back, maybe you took a little time off from the Locked On Giants podcast. We did um, early opponent previews. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to or watch some of those previews. I think we we covered every single opponent on the Giants 2023 schedule. And uh, we got some great info from our fellow Locked On hosts. So please, if you do get a chance, And, uh, you know, there's no new episode of the Locked On Giants podcast. Check those out if you can. All right. In this segment, let's talk about um, some concerns that I have. And there's really one big concern I think I have um, with regards to where the Giants are at. Keeping in mind, again, it's only been one week of training camp. And that is the response that Brian Dable gave to a question about at what point would you like to settle the offensive line. And basically Dable was like, the players are going to settle it. Meaning, you know, through competition, the players will will figure out who's, you know, going to start at left guard, who's going to be at center and so on and so forth. I don't know why folks, but that answer kind of, you know, didn't sit well with me. I know what Dable was trying to say, but the way I interpreted it as they don't know just yet who's going to be on that starting offensive line at left guard. And the proof's kind of been in the pudding because they've had Ben Bredesen try it. Joshua Zudu has tried it. They even moved Tyree Phillips there. As I mentioned, you know, on on a, on a show earlier in the week and Tyree Phillips, I had a chance to speak with him. He's never played that position before for the giants. He's played it in Baltimore, but this summer was really the first time he took snaps at that left guard spot. So I always say that when it comes to the offensive line and you are rotating guys in at a position, that's a sure sign that you don't know which direction you're going and you're just letting them compete. And whoever pulls a- ahead in the race is the man. And th- it's still, you know, there's still a lot of preseason and training camps to go, but at some point you you would like to think that they would like to have that position settled Because you want to build up the camaraderie. You want to build up the the, uh, verbal and nonverbal communication. Because how many times in the past have we seen, especially when the offensive line has had injuries, we have seen situations where guys have come in and the communication on stunts or handoffs, on double team blocks, just wasn't there. So you want to give these guys an opportunity, plenty of opportunity to mesh together and these different combinations, you know, I appreciate what, what the giant coaches are trying to do, but I question whether or not that's going to actually help them. It's almost like, okay, let's just throw it into the pot and we'll see what comes out of it. And at some point you got to say, okay, you know what? Maybe it's not perfect, but we're going to roll with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal at the tackles Glowinski and say Bredesen at left guard and John Michael Schmitz at center and just roll with it for better or for worse. So that's probably my biggest concern right now with this giant team is the fact that they're still trying to figure out that offensive line. And again, I know folks it's only been one week of training camp, but look, this question has gone back to the OTAs. Let's not forget about the OTAs and you know, the, the, uh, the phase two of the offseason program, they've had some time to kind of, try and and sort these things out. And the fact that they're still kind of playing around with it at some point, they've got to settle it and to say, okay, well, the players are going to settle it again. I know what, what Dable is saying, but at some point, you know, it's kind of like um, when, when a quarterback stands there and he's constantly audibilizing and, you know, changing the play and changing this up, playing this chat, this, this constant chess match. And then the clock runs out and you get a penalty. Well, at some point you got to just say, okay, you know what? We figured out to the best of our ability that this is what we need to do. And we're just going to run it and see if the other team can beat us. That's what I'd like to see with the offensive line. And, you know, it's such a delicate position because look, if that offensive line isn't good, then the whole offense is going to go down the tubes. So I'm just kind of curious to see how that's going to play out. But right now I would say that's probably my number one concern with the Giants, you know, after one week of training camp, hopefully in the next, you know, couple of weeks, they sort it out and figure it out. Um, if you were to ask me what I think the starting offensive line is going to look like, I would probably say, um, I would probably say, you know, obviously Andrew Ta- Thomas and Evan at the tackles. I do think John Michael Schmitz is going to win the center job, despite the fact that he's been rotating with Bredesen in there, left guard. I'm getting the feeling it's going to be Bredesen at left guard. You know, he played it well last year. And I can appreciate them wanting to get Joshua Zudu in there. But Zudu lost half of his rookie season due to an injury. So, you know, you got to think that his development might have fell a little bit behind in the time that he had a miss. So, I, I don't know. I just think maybe Azudu is maybe the future. At that spot, or maybe even possibly at right guard, they might try him, you know, after Glowinski moves on. But again, I sure hope that they figure it out sooner than later and not let this run down to the last week of of training camp, because the more snaps that the starting, the eventual starting five can get together, the better off they're going to be and the better off that offense is going to be. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lock on Giants podcast. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. The Giants are back at practice on Thursday. So as I've been doing uh, with the practice reports, uh, as soon as I get back to my home studio, I will tape a podcast for you and I will push it out. I won't make you wait for it. I'll get it out right away so that you can tune in and, and check out all the latest and greatest So until then, everybody, again, thank you for tuning in, making us your first listener of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm Patricia Trainer. I will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.